I'm Otis Taylor, a Metro columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth Emission, we're talking about how Uber's recent overhaul of its ride processes could lead to discrimination against people traveling to neighborhoods some drivers perceive as less desirable. I'm joined by my colleague, Carolyn Saeed, a technology and business reporter who covers the on-demand economy. She recently wrote about the fear that advocates have about Uber drivers potentially declining to take passengers to San Francisco's Bayview Hunters Point or East Oakland. These areas are already underserved by transportation. Thanks for joining me, Carolyn. Thanks for having me. So let's start with why Uber made this decision to change its ride process. It's because of AB5, the so-called gig work law that makes it harder for companies to claim workers are independent contractors. That law went into effect on January 1st, and it affects gig companies, truckers, even freelance journalists. Uber's changed how it does business. Carolyn, tell us about Uber's changes and AB5's impact. So Uber desperately wants to keep its drivers as independent contractors. It would cost it $500 million a year if they were employees. That's even for Uber. That is a mind-blowing amount of money. And Uber already loses money hand over fist. And Uber says that it would destroy the flexibility its business model depends on. So it's fighting against AB5 on multiple frontiers, including a lawsuit against the state and a proposed ballot initiative. But what it did last week was it changed the processes for its rides to give drivers more autonomy and control to bolster the argument that they're independent businesses. One of the things it did, is, that, which is something drivers had requested for a long time, is that now drivers will see a trip's destination and they will have the ability to reject that trip without any penalties. And the unintended consequence of this that people are worried about is that that could mean drivers will engage in sort of ride redlining, Mm -hmm. destination discrimination, refusing to go to certain areas that they perceive as less desirable. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting because the Bay Area already struggles with gentrification and displacement. I recall in 2015, Uber announced that it would open a giant office on Broadway in Oakland taking over the old Sears building. And that caused an uproar. And the Greenlining Institute, which promotes racial and economic justice, joined other community groups, and they launched this website and this resistance, no Uber in Oakland. Uber ultimately decided to sell the building it purchased, at a profit, of course. And it didn't come to Oakland. In your recent piece, I was struck by what the... uh, Environmental Equity Program Manager at Greenlining Institute said, you know, suggesting that Uber's ride process will exacerbate racial discrimination. Do the drivers think that way if they wanted this, wanted this ability to, I guess, be able to see where they're going? Well, they didn't want the ability because they want to engage in racial profiling. Mm -hmm. They wanted the ability because they want control over their time and and what they do. Mm -hmm. Currently, or or before this change, they saw time and distance, but they had no idea, you know, a driver in San Francisco would have no idea if if the ride was going to take them, if they saw like a 20-mile ride, if that was going to Oakland or if it was going to Mountain View. 
And, you know, drivers, rightly so, want some control over where they're going. They could be the end of the day and they want to go home and that's the opposite direction from their home. So that was actually a top thing that drivers wanted because otherwise they were kind of going into a black box situation where they get a ride request and they accept it. And until the person gets in the car, they don't know where they're going. I have had the experience of having an Uber driver pick me up. And when they realized what the destination was saying, look, I'm really sorry, but I got to pick up my kid from school in 20 minutes. I'm not going to be able to do this. I have to we have to cancel it and you have to get another ride. I've had that happen to me a couple of times. And it wasn't about racial profiling. Mm -hmm. It was about um, they didn't want to, you know, go out of their way. Um, so, again, it's an unintended consequence. But the reality is, as we all know, is that racism is embedded in our society Taxis have always had the ability to know where rides were going, and mm -hmm. taxis have a long and notorious history of racial profiling and discrimination. There's a huge list of prominent black men who have come out and said they could not hail a cab on the streets of New York or Chicago or L.A. It includes Danny Glover, Spike Lee, Chris Rock, D David Dinkins, the former mayor of New York, Lenny mm -hmm. Kravitz. So, so that's when drivers would actually see a black man and just keep driving. Or there's been, you know, studies done where um, researchers sent out a black man and a white man on the same street corner, and the cabs just walked, you know, rode right by the black man and picked up the white man, and that would happen over and over. So, with Uber and Lyft, they do not see a person's name or photo until after they accept the ride request. However, even before this change, there was some racial profiling on Uber and Lyft because they see the person's name after they accept the ride request. And in the case of Lyft, they see their photo. And several studies have shown that people with names that sound sort of uh, traditionally African-American had a much higher cancellation rate than people with names that sounded Caucasian. I'm talking to Carolyn Saeed about the fear advocates have that Uber's new policies could encourage discrimination. We'll continue our conversation after this message. A couple questions here. One, why hasn't Lyft followed suit? Since we all know that Lyft and Uber, do drivers switch between platforms depending on surcharges and things like that? Why hasn't Lyft followed suit? Well, I can't answer that. I just I have no um, insight into the workings of Lyft's corporate C-suite. Uh, <laughs> it's possible that they will follow suit or it's possible that they're seeing that this um, controversy has risen and therefore they won't. I, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And do you see it as an ironic twist now? Taxis will take any ride they can get, especially in San Francisco now that ride sharing has eaten so much of their business. And um, you had quoted um, someone from, I believe, the taxi industry saying, hey, we'll take that ride to East Oakland now or to Bayview because – you know, we need the money, essentially. Right. That That is somewhat ironic. I, I mean, I, I called him up thinking he would to ask about, you know, the, the long history of, of taxi redlining thing. He would say, oh, no, the modern generation of drivers don't discriminate and they're open minded and so forth. But instead, what he said was, we need everything we can get. We'll just take the rides no matter where they're going, which was a little surprising. Mm -hmm. I got a couple of letters, emails from Uber drivers after that article came out that I want to share. One of them actually said pretty much the same thing as the taxi guy. He said, all trips accepted now are based on time and money. We make so little now that it's not practical to turn down any trip if you have time. However, another driver wrote to me, said, great story, discrimination. No, it's the concept of safety. Why should I put myself in danger by driving to a known dangerous neighborhood? I would never drive in undesirable neighborhoods in the daytime and definitely not at night. And I wouldn't get a fare out of that neighborhood to a safer one, so I would lose money. 
and that driver wrote to me and said, you can publish my letter, which that letter pretty much makes all the same points as the article. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, those are two driver viewpoints and I but don't have why? any way to assess, you know, how many drivers fall into each of those two camps. But, but here, here's why this interests me, because it's not the same as a cab where, you know, the currency exchange, I mean, it could be cash. This is you have my card on file. You're getting your money. It's based on uh, time and distance. Uh, you're you're going to get paid regardless. W- what would drivers be afraid of? I mean, is there? Uh, I hear more about cannabis drivers being, you know, stuck up um, or or being robbed. I don't hear about that from Uber drivers. What's what's the reason there? There, it's I mean, it's the money. It's the same money. It's the same time and money. Right. Well, I guess we're just talking about deep seated racism. I can't really. Yeah delve into why that is but but it but does. another thing is this a compromise maybe that uber is making because ultimately the point is they don't want to make these drivers employees but hey we'll give you more control it's like almost like a pacification maybe um well it's not so much that they're trying to pacify the drivers they're trying to pacify they're trying to make a point to state regulators and courts that the drivers are independent mm-hmm. um this is something drivers have been asking for for years and years and years, and Uber didn't give it to them um, because they wanted to pacify them. They gave it to them to bolster their legal argument. Carolyn, you quoted Uber as saying, so far we have seen no indication that drivers are accepting trips to disadvantaged areas any less frequently than other areas because of this change. Let me ask you this. Are you confident that we'd see the data say in six months, if it indeed changed and the company was showing that drivers were doing something differently? Oh, no. I have no (laughs) confidence at all that Uber would forthcomingly tell us if it did realize that drivers were engaging in discrimination. Mm -hmm. I think the only way to really find that out would be for independent researchers to um, do their own studies. It is important to note, note, though, that even if drivers are engaging in in racial profiling and destination discrimination, that does not mean that a person could not get a ride to the Bayview or Hunter's Point or Mm -hmm. or other neighborhoods that um, are perceived as less than desirable because the way Uber works is you put in a ride request, they they put it forth to a driver. If that driver says no, they put it to another driver and another and another. So you don't actually know behind the scenes how Mm. many drivers are rejecting Mm -hmm. you the way you know if you're standing on a street corner with your hand out waiting for taxis and they drive by you. How it would manifest itself is in longer wait times for people going to those neighborhoods. And in fact, that is what um, was found in those studies that I mentioned before that were done based on drivers' cancellations. Um, the, The people would either find out that see that they were getting canceled a lot and they would also see that there it took twice as long for them to get a ride because of the cancellations. Do you take Uber? I take both Uber and Lyft all the time because it's my job to cover them and I need to <laughs> that's my best way to talk to drivers. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Thank you so much. Um, I'm sure we'll hear more. And I want to say thank you to you, Carolyn, for spending time with me and our Fifth Emission listeners. Thanks to my guest today, technology and business reporter Carolyn Said. Thanks to King Kaufman and Karen Creighton for producing this episode. And thanks to you, our listeners. I hope to be speaking to you soon. 
Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.